Ja on rekord kiri. Thank you, Tzidi. Why should I thank you? You've thrown a lot of assegais. You must always thank me. No, 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 no. You, you, you are being unfair because what accountability, CD? You arrested me. I came to court. That's accountability. I came to court. Hello, all you thugs with all your tattoos. Here's Princess Thagnificent. <laughs> Welcome to Politricking with CD, my dear. This is episode three of season one of a politics podcast brought to you by Eyewitness News. My name is CD, my dear. So I'm not so angry this week. I'm usually very angry and very annoyed at the state of things in this country. Not so much this week. I think I felt a little bit sad. It's been a difficult week. We have many of those. I think it's been a sad week. Um, the passing of Ndate Don Matera, right? A person who led with love, who led with compassion, who spoke love and spoke compassion and Ubuntu into who and what we are as a nation. That's a massive loss. It's a massive legacy that we've been left with. He's always said he's trained around 800 journalists. We are lucky to have inherited his thoughts. And that's trickled down from editors we've worked with, colleagues we've worked with. So you inherit it even directly if you've never been in his presence, in my case. But um, incredible work, incredible artist, somebody who, somebody who put his life in God's hands who saw us for what we are and who was himself, no matter where he was, may he rest in peace. And I think the other loss that we we suffered this week is one of Jesse Duarte, the ANC Deputy Secretary General. That stung for me on so many levels. I know, yes, yes. I know she'll be called a bully. I think I've called her one to her face many times too. I've had a lot of run-ins with Jesse Duarte. But as I've been saying to everybody these past few days, at some point Jesse and I found one another. And at some point we were able to have conversations beyond the job. So the tussle and the back and forth between journalists and politicians fell away. And we were just women, just black women who held conversations about day-to-day life. She'll talk to me about just some of the difficulties of being who she was in the ANC, some of the difficulty in putting through particular decisions. Yes, I'm talking about the step-aside resolution. That night when she had to hand over the suspension letter and sign off on the suspension letter to an ally of hers, Ace Mahashule, that he could not continue occupying the Secretary General's office. And the backlash she received from within the ANC for that, where she'd tell me about, oh, I know they're going to troll me on social media, but more than that, I know I'm going to be harassed. Um, she hated when I asked in public about what she experienced, but she'd call me in the evening and say, my family is actually grateful that you put that out there because people don't know what I'm experiencing. People don't know about heightened security concerns. Um, when she was diagnosed with the cancer, she told me about it. She told me when she was starting chemotherapy. We spoke about who we understood ourselves to be to each other. And I think the saddest bit for me is we spoke about what she would do with her life after December, which was due to step down and start her life in retirement. This is a woman, as difficult as she is, who's dedicated her life to 
the struggle, who dedicated her life to the ANC. In fact, the run-ins we had with Jessie were because she was so fiercely protective of the ANC, even when it was at fault. And that's when often, as journalists, we saw her falter, is in the defense of her beloved ANC. Um, what a horrible, horrible loss. It is a mammoth loss to the ANC. And I think I've heard them say it themselves that what a difficult loss at a difficult time for the organization. And that will be felt, I think, for many months, days, and years to come still. May their souls rest in peace. I will miss Jesse Duarte, as I said. Um, I feel the pain. I feel the pain. This week, what also happened is Bladen Zimande, after at least over two decades at the helm of the SACP, finally stepped down. Who would have thunk it? All those SACP members were begging for him to step down in 2017 and were left egg-faced when he didn't. I'm still a little bit angry because you know what? He's still chairperson. So he's kind of sort of still lingering there in the background. And there's lots of conversations about why he's still lingering. Yes, we're thinking of the government perks. Absolutely thinking about staying in ministry. And... What the impact of that would be on someone like Solima Paila, who deserves the freedom to govern and to run, not govern, but to run the SACP the way he sees fit. For the longest time, we felt that he was sidelined, his strong views couldn't come out. Let's see what he does now. We caught up with the newly elected General Secretary of the SACP, Soli Mapaila, just to try and get a sense of how he's navigating his new role and what his vision for the party is. All right, so if you were paying attention to the news over the weekend, you realize that the South African Communist Party, after several years, yes, at least two decades, finally has a new face in terms of a new leader. Some old faces are part and parcel of the collective leadership that we've seen. But finally, according to some people, Soli Mapaila has taken his rightful place as General Secretary of the SACP. And he's joining us now just for a brief chat. Sully, the one question a lot of people are asking is what now? You know, a lot of people have been waiting for you to rise to this moment, felt that you missed this opportunity in 2017. You allowed yourself to miss the opportunity to rise in 2017. 2022, you are now elected, unopposed. Everybody's in agreement with the fact that you must rise and lead the party. What now? Well, the new task from Congress is certainly to reconnect with the masses uh, of our people who were central to the liberation struggle of our country, working with the liberation movement at the time, uh, headed by the ANC, which still plays a dominant role in our political system. And we're still going to work with them within the framework of the alliance um, to strengthen their ability to continue playing that role. Of course, uh, in that space, the critical task is that we need to save the South African revolution. Uh, basically, what the ANC stood for, what was its mission, supported by the rest of the liberation movement, that's what uh, Congress has mandated us as a strategic task to rescue. But in rescuing that, that is rescuing the NDR and its mission, the mission of the NDR, of course, is to liberate all our people and to create a a prosperous society that is united and democratic based on the values and the principles of non-racialism, non-sexism, and non-discriminatory posture against any form of creed or social association or prejudices. So in that regard, that mission 
remains critical for us, given that we still have high levels of poverty in our communities and inequalities, which is also based on the race, class and gender dimensions. So therefore, it is a critical moment for us and that in putting together this mission, it's a heavy mission, we also need to look into the organization of the ANC itself. So we will uh, put our own contributions towards rescuing the ANC uh, in its current state to see if we can assist it to embark on a, a, a real tangible process of organizational renewal so that it can restore its credibility, its integrity, and relink with its own heroic history of liberation struggle. That on its own, it's a massive mission. But at the same time, we've said, we cannot put all our eggs in one basket. And therefore, we need to rebuild the mission of the ANC, which was characterized as the mission of the people, by rebuilding a mass movement, mm. in this case, characterized as a powerful socialist mass movement of the workers and the poor because these are the people that will guarantee us the ultimate victory for what the liberation struggle over the centuries has been about. So that's a task, the first key task. And therefore, mm. uh, running from that task will then deal with policy issues that make that mission possible. So Ali, before you speak about the role of the SACP in rescuing the ANC, or in other words, trying to be the messiah, really, for an ANC that's absolutely on its knees and possibly embarking on what is an impossible mission, I want you to reflect on the elections that you just came from now. Some people came out saying, geez, you know, the left is dead. To see this much contestation, this much tension in the SACP that often debates and speaks things through is concerning. It says something about the quality of the vanguard in the country as it stands. What is your assessment from where you came from and the well-being and health, really, of the SACP? What does that mean? I don't understand the question in the context of uh, uh, peripheral questions that have been raised regarding first I think you have seen in the country, if I were to respond to that, although I think uh, mis- and that misunderstanding, it's a concept of uh, uh, where, the, where the question comes from, mm. uh, a media that is generally embedded with the view that uh, the alliance movement is in crisis, the left is in crisis, we have accepted our weaknesses, but capitalism itself is not in good shape. Capitalism has been in crisis. And the, the world is feeling this pinch because of the capitalist system. We don't blame the capitalist system and its institutions that are literally preying on weak government, uh, continue to exist on the basis of its hegemony in the instrument of uh, information that they control, the media have been one. But in this case, for instance, if you look into Congresses that have taken place so far in the movement and look into our Congress, there could be a positivity uh, and acceptance that uh, despite the general weaknesses of the left, its components, in this case, the party, uh, had distinguished itself differently. For instance, we adopted our credentials in less than 15 minutes from a point of presentation to adoption by Congress. It's a major achievement. It's something that we've never uh, actually seen in this country in the political space over the the recent uh, years. So such a matter uh, should demonstrate the sense of unity of the party itself. And yet 
the media seeks to need to understand that even in the communist party there's democratic process uh, there could be elections there and there or there are elections as per our constitution which allows for that there are sometimes consensus issues and if people feel strongly they can take the matter to be decided on by the ballot which in some in some instances for uh, other positions in the officials for instance were decided so in the rest of the movement, almost every decision is decided by that. So I think it's a peripheral question now regarding what Congress managed to achieve. Congress focused on its work in commissions, uh, debates in plenary and so forth, and never deviated from its core mandate in terms of being diverted by whatever may have happened at Congress, whether it was the delay around the electoral process and so forth. But the bottom line is that we were able to use the final mechanism to resolve any electoral dispute or electoral stalemate in this case, the electoral process. So that, I think, we need a new dimensional reporting in this regard. So, so it's not the same as in, in other organizations. So to clap it like that, it's completely incorrect. And unfair, I suppose. Would you reckon the questions around gender are also unfair? People speak about gender parity. They see us, Joyce, returning to the fore as a leader, and they say, but that doesn't necessarily represent what's happening within the structures of the Communist Party. Do you think that's an also unfair assertion? Do you think it's a peripheral issue as well? You must look into an exciting group of young women men and women, young people who entered the ranks of the SACP Central Committee, including perhaps one of the youngest Central Committee members, the national second National Deputy Secretary of the Young Communist League, Comrade Dibulele Masatsi, who's one of the youngest MPs uh, in Parliament. Um, that's a cause for celebration uh, by young women in the country and by women in general. But of course, we went further to, to discuss and, and, and empower the SACP structures to ready itself for even amendments that were, were being discussed in this Congress regarding, for instance, the quota system in the party. You know that the party has never used the quota system to resolve any internal problems or even transformational questions, but the strategic posture towards those issues. In our case, the mobilization for gender equality, for instance, is based on the principles of our struggle, which seeks to resolve the gender dimension, gender inequalities in our country to fight against sexism, patriarchy, as well as inherent problems uh, raised by this of gender-based violence and the system of social reproduction in the country that reproduces these gender inequalities based on the system of capitalism. It is the foundation of economic production that continues to oppress women so we are not waiting for that economic system to be deposed before we embark on this uh, strategic task of the National Democratic Revolution and of the transition to socialism. We are already taking up the issues to fight against a sexism and gender-based violence, patriarchy, as well as the capitalist system, the mother institution that reproduces these inequalities. Sonny, I want to go back to the to the role of the SACP in the country. You know, we are at a time where we are seeing right-wing elements making a bit of a comeback, finding uh, expression and comfort and support in many quarters of our society. And then on the other side, you've got the extreme left. As the vanguard, where do you stand and what is your role now? How should people understand the Communist Party in the country as it stands? Our primary focus now is to tackle the challenges of uh, poverty in our communities and food insecurity, unemployment. So in terms of the program that we have adopted at this Congress, we will work with our communities to rebuild people's economy at the community level. 
not wait for the aggregate impact of major policies that are taking too long to respond to the immediate uh, living conditions of the people, which is quite an aberration that still have institutional reform that takes years to take shape. We think that even at legislative level, there could be capacity and development for a quick turnaround of uh, political decisions that are made with regard to change of policy and the response of policy to the existing condition or material conditions affecting the working class and the poor. Because as we delay in policy uh, response, the masses continue to suffer and they lose faith, not only in the political system, but they lose faith in general with leadership in government, even if those leaders are from progressive institutions. And they can then even revert to supporting right-wing formations, populist formations, demagogic formations to take power, uh, hoping that those can express their own feeling. I agree with you in some areas, but I also often feel that the assessment of yourselves is often quite lacking. And I base that purely on what we've seen in the past in terms of leadership. What you will do, Solly, remains to be seen with you at the helm. I want to speak very quickly about the ANC and rescuing the ANC. Is the reconfiguration of the alliance still part and parcel of what will help save the ANC? Yes, that's one component. The, the biggest component is how to help the ANC to give a sense of new example, new responsibility uh, of its cadres in communities, uh, because it is the, uh, the practice of the ANC example that will finally uh, convince the people of South Africa that they can rejoin the ANC in its mission to turn around things and uh, recommit to its historic mission, which has been discontinued by its actions, not by commitment, but by the action of those that they've elected into political office who have abused the platform of the ANC for self-interest and not for the interest of the people. And they have used the organization for uh, petty fights or for fights for accumulation, uh, express as if these are fights for the interest of the people. That's why Congress has called for the ANC to stop this internal wrangling and internal fights focus on renewal, focus on uh, uh, commitment to serve the people of this country who have mandated it overwhelmingly, rewarding its track record in the liberation struggle to do so, to lead them. And such, it must now refocus on going back to its mission of serving the people selflessly. And that's the commitment we have given ourselves that we should try our best to help them in that regard. Of course, in doing so, if we were to help them, We cannot help them as an ally in the absence of a reconfigured alliance, where, for instance, our views may not be listened to, even if they are appropriate views, because they may not appease factional battles in the ANC or this or that particular faction, particularly the dominant factions at any given point in time. That is why, as the SACP, we have always spoken out against any abuse whether it's of policy, of state resources, or of state direction, based on any leading faction that may lead the ANC at any point in time. If they deviate from the core mandate, we have pledged ourselves to continue to be that critical voice that will raise our observations and concerns and tackle them head on, irrespective of who's leading the ANC at any given time. Sorry, there are those people who, who feel, again, you're on an impossible task, you're on an impossible mission as far as rescuing the ANC is concerned. This particular NEC has been at the helm since 2017. 
and has failed really to start bearing the fruits. Do you disagree or agree with that sentiment? And very quickly, you spoke about the concerns around abusing state power. Is that an observation you are making now? Do you feel that there's a dominant faction in the NC that's currently abusing state power? Well, firstly, let me deal with the first point there, which is about this NEC that has been in power since 2017. It has been in power, but factionalized. In other words, it has been divided and unable, therefore, to lead society in unison. And that has been the greatest weakness. And that's why, for instance, whilst it has agreed on the program for renewal, you only realize that the renewal commission or committee was only established this year. It has not really taken its work uh, on the ground. So these five years was spent on internal bickerings uh, of these strong factions, albeit the one being the leading faction that has got the president. We are saying it is the weaknesses of these factions that have disabled the ANC's capacity to fulfill its renewal mandate. But they began that process, which we support. We had felt that we had our own views regarding, for instance, the posture towards the renewal and many other things. We've seen Factions that are dominant at national level replaying themselves in provinces, meaning that the president that is coming will predominantly come from a particular faction supported as supported by these factions that have now won provincial conferences of the ANC. Our own uh, perception of view, it was a, a view that I had expressed myself on several platforms in my own right as a member of the ANC and as a leader of the Communist Party, but was never endorsed or discussed necessarily as a central committee decision, was that when the ANC took the decision sometime last year, December, to say all provinces must go to provincial congresses by end of March uh, 2022, one had felt that at that point in time, they should have disbanded all provincial executive committees, establish a committee to lead uh, rebuilding of the ANC provinces that can also oversee the performance of government and uh, make it accountable, and rebuild the organization from branch levels. Not be too much concerned about going to constitutionalism, meeting organizational requirements in the constitution without a direct impact on how the ANC organization should be rebuilt uh, as an entity. So that's water under the bridge. But now the point is that they, they've re-established the, the Organizational Renewal Commission or committee, which is now has now begun its work. So that's the first part. The second part, of course, relating to state capture. We had said we are against all forces of state capture, irrespective at what point they arise. We are against state capture. As you know, TD, despite that you don't want to report this thing, do the media all the time, I don't know for whatever reasons, is the okay. fact that we convened the press conference. Yes, I, I led in that press conference of the SACP to call for commission of inquiry, judicial commission of inquiry into state capture because I was called in public to provide proof about the Guptas. And we said, no, there's no need for us to do so. The then President Zuma, we said, and I said that in a press conference, and I think you were there at Kosatu House, before Advocate Matonzana came to the same conclusion yes, or received a yes. complaint that came to the same conclusion, we said, establish a judicial commission of yes. inquiry. You will find all evidence of the issues that we are talking about. So, sorry. Now, that's the, that's the point. So this point, let me finish this. Because it reasserted our position that we are against all forms of state capture, whether that time or now. We have equally said a new neoliberal economic tendency 
that has now taken hold of government uh, policy space, that neoliberal policies government should be rejected with the totality that it deserves or the contamination that it deserves because neoliberalism is not a solution for our problems as a country. We are against the neoliberal forces and are against state capture. State capture doesn't necessarily only denote the previous period. It deals with the, the, the ability by corporate to take over control of government, particularly by government procurement system as well as government policy. That is why when we launched this campaign for what we call against a, a corporate uh, control of the state, we, we called it against corporate capture of the state because we're looking at the class dimension mm, of capture that. of the state. Mm, I remember that. by business interest. Mm. Yeah. Sonny, before I let you go, I want to speak very quickly about you. Part of the conversation that I think you have been leading is that you've got to be able to share responsibilities as an alliance, as opposed to just watching ANC members being deployed in key areas, particularly government. And the one question I've had on my mind is, how do you play somebody like Soli Mapaela? It's been very easy to figure out where somebody like Bladen Zimande belongs because he was quite clear about what he was passionate about. If there was a cabinet reshuffle tomorrow, your position as general secretary is not a full-time post. Where would Soli Mapaila fit in the government of today? Where would you serve South Africans best? I will not go to government. But I have said that at the Congress. This position, I was elected to lead the party and to rebuild a powerful socialist movement of the workers and the poor. And government responsibilities will not really give me enough time to do so. Comrade Blade was assisted because we had an understanding to continue to do work of the organization outside the framework of government, because government takes a lot of time. And I think we need to devote more time to execute their responsibility for national interests, not for party personal interests. So it is in that regard that I have said, uh, whether there's cabinet reshuffle or not, I'm not going to be part of it. I'll remain in the Communist Party to serve the, the working class as a whole and to rebuild this powerful socialist movement that we've spoken about. All right. Thank you so much for your time. That's Soli Mapaila. Congratulations again, the new general secretary of the SACP. What he'll do in that position is part of what he said to us now in this conversation. And I think will be left for us to see. We were very unsatisfied on some levels with the contradictions around Bladen Zimande. What Soli Mapaila does will be left to be seen. Thank you again, Soli. Thank you very much, Siri. That's it from us. We'll be back with you next week. For Eyewitness News, my name is Tidi Madia. This podcast was produced by Duduzile Masuku as well as Amu Ramela. Cheerio.